so this is that sense of orbiting the giant hairball right. too, right? Like you've got yeah. the center of gravity here that we're yeah. swinging around, but we're better off together because mm -hmm. we can share these ideas. We, we don't go winging off on our own, right. right? We're being pulled back towards this center of mass, and this is what we're trying to be about here. But we're not going to get tangled up in it. Yeah. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Holly Conversations. I'm Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGrill. And I'm Dave Mulder. This afternoon, our check-in question on Holly Conversations is... What's one thing that brought you joy this week? So oh. one of the practices that we are going to start incorporating is a check-in question. So this feels like a good way to begin, yeah. especially at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. So Abby, I'm looking at you. Mm -hmm. What is one thing that brought you joy this week? Well, I know you two have done it for a while, but I started at the new year. One of my other friends posted on Facebook there one second every day from the oh, whole yeah. year. And mm -hmm. it kind of prompted me in a good way. New year, maybe... Um, to think about capturing those everyday moments yeah. for myself and my family. So I, that's something this week that has been really good for me to pick out one second of my day to record. Yeah. Um, I got Jace reading a little reader, you know, um, oh, in his great. little kindergarten voice. I got Reese doing gymnastics, Harper mm -hmm. and her friend. Um, and so it's just been a good way for me to think about the ordinary joy mm -hmm. that we have that otherwise might pass me by if I don't so have a chance that. to record it so yeah that's something I've been doing for a couple of years now and I use yeah. one second every day yeah app. I did the app yeah, yeah. so for listeners so if, if it's something you want to get into check on your app store one second every day is the name of it and you just record and you can mm -hmm. upload and just crop one second yeah and I've it. been writing little journals just yeah. to remember yeah. It's amazing when you see at the end of the month or at the end of the year, mm -hmm. and, and like for me, it calls back. I can almost always remember, like, oh, I remember that day. And sometimes yeah. it's very mundane. It's just me walking right. the dog or something. Okay, I don't remember that. But a lot of times it's But it's things that... I never otherwise would have thought yeah, to capture. That's great. Yeah. What about you, Dave? Uh, so I took an afternoon off from work yesterday, and my son and I, uh, who is a university student, uh, we took the day we went uh, out of town and just uh, did some shopping just for fun just the two of us uh, I always love that when you have windshield time with your kids even grown-up kids who just that's we often have the best conversations mm -hmm. and we went out for sushi which we both love and the girls in our lives where'd you go Crave? Uh, no, no, no a, a little sketchier than okay that. so <laughs> I love Crave <laughs> oh, so good great right? yeah. um, but no it was just delightful to be able to just spend time just being with him and I, yeah. it was a joyful thing for me how about you, Matt? Yeah, I'd say mine happened a little bit over a week ago, and I'm still going to use it. It happened over our, our Christmas break, and I had a chance to play outdoor pond hockey. So <laughs> in Canada, they often talk about ODRs, outdoor rinks. Okay. And so growing up on the West Coast, where uh, it's the one place in Canada where we did not get much snow and it did not freeze often, mm. every two or three years, maybe, you know, a pond or lake would freeze over, so you'd kind of have this in have this built-in ODR, and so uh, about uh, one or two weeks ago, I got invited to play some outdoor hockey on a pond just outside of town. Nice. And it just felt like I was living the Canadian dream, even though we were in <laughs> Iowa, and it just brought so much joy because um, growing up, you'd often hear or see pictures of people playing on their ODR sure. across Canada, and it felt like in our little 
corner uh, in the Pacific Northwest there and be like, it's too warm here for us to ever play outdoor <laughs> pond hockey. So to be able to do that a couple of weeks ago um, just brought me a tremendous amount of joy because I just felt like, oh, this is something I've wanted to do for so long. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, that brought me a lot of joy. Cool. You're welcome to join anytime. I got sticks and skates even. So if, if um, I could skate, that would be so. <laughs> All right. Well, something else to work on. Yeah. Life goals for 2020. There you go. So, anyways, Dave, I know one of the things that we've done over the last few weeks um, on the podcast is we've taken turns um, bringing quotes that mm -hmm. um, have resonated that we've read recently or just sort of that have stuck with us. And, I notice that you've got a book in your hand, so I'm guessing that you're bringing a quote. So I what do you have for us today? <laughs> so the book that I brought, this is a weird book, you guys. I'm just going to name that. It's yeah. called Orbiting the Giant Hairball. Interesting. Uh, yep. Just uh, to repeat that, he actually said Orbiting the Giant Hairball. You got it. It's, it's by Gordon McKenzie. Uh, Gordon McKenzie was a, a creative director and executive at Hallmark, the greeting card company. Uh, and so even the book, if you if you ever pick this one up, it's got all kinds of little doodles and scribbles that look like Hallmark cards mm -hmm. just in the margin and stuff. And it's a it's a wonderfully weird book. Um, Orbiting the Giant Hairball is really a book about leadership more than anything else. Um, and so I feel like I should explain that. Orbiting the Giant Hairball. He, he suggests that in a lot of uh, organizations, people get bogged down because it ends up being mm -hmm. like, like a hairball. Everything's tangled together and mm -hmm. everybody just gets stuck and more and more entangled mm -hmm. and enmeshed in this. And he says, you, you got to have that center of gravity in an organization of this hairball, but you don't want to get tangled up in it. Mm -hmm. And so the trick is finding the balance so that you're orbiting. You're not going flying off on your own because then you can't be part of the organization, but you're not getting bogged down and tangled up in the hairball. You're orbiting. The center mm -hmm. of gravity, and so it's it's an apt metaphor. It's one he uses throughout the book, and it's it's a weird book, but it's really it was helpful for me in, in thinking about the capacity I have to lead too. So for any leaders out there, or aspiring leaders, or every educator is a leader because you wind up leading at least your students. I think it's worth reading. So um, the quote that I'd like to bring is actually from, um, <laughs> there's a chapter in the book, chapter 19 of this book is entitled Orville Wright, mm -hmm. and the chapter is a picture and one sentence, and I'm going to read the chapter to you. Okay, so there's a chapter entitled Orville Wright. Here's the quote for today. Orville Wright did not have a pilot's license. <laughs> Orville Wright did not have a pilot's oh. license. That's and it. That's the whole chapter. That's the whole chapter. Mm -hmm. okay? and, and so in the context of this book where he's talking about creativity and innovation and leadership, um, that's kind of where my mind goes with this uh, quote then too. Okay? Uh, Orville Wright did not have a pilot's license. And I guess my question in response to this is, what do you make of that? Where, where should we go with this? Let's make this a wide-ranging conversation. Well, one of the first things I thought of, Dave, like as you're as you're talking, I guess I'm thinking about this idea of um, your description of the giant hairball, right? That's, yeah. that's true in in every organization, right? And how do you how do you avoid how do you avoid it, right? And and one of the things that when you read that quote, which is I'm really thinking and pausing a little <laughs> bit here because I'm trying to gather my own thoughts, to be honest. One of the things that I sometimes wonder if, if one of the hairballs in education um, is if it's become either at a local level or provincial or state level, um, how bureaucratic that it's that it's become. Mm -hmm. um, so easy to get tangled up. In. It's so easy to get tangled right. up in the bureaucracy. And so 
So I'm all I'm a I'm a big believer in that standards are important. Sure. I'm a big believer that um, you know we need licensed, top quality licensed educators in our classrooms. Um, I also wonder at what point, and I'm not suggesting that we don't need licensed teachers, but I also wonder at what point if the bureaucracies almost become an idol. Like, are we? Um, what's the fine line between? Um, wanting licensed teachers, which we need mm -hmm. and have to have, and are some of our of the standards become so? Are they limiting? Are they limiting rather than maximizing people's gifts? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering about. I guess interesting. So I I don't fly that often, but I sure want the pilot to have a license. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> And I, and I want that for my own children as well. Mm -hmm. I, want, I want competent, qualified, um, licensed educators. But I'm also wondering, is it a possibility that at times some of that is getting in the way, um, mm -hmm. the standards are, not the standards, I'm not even, I don't even know the right word, sorry. But is, are we... Are we minimizing creativity rather than leveraging yeah. leveraging the gifts that teachers have? That's, it's really interesting. Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really you really caught me off guard here, so I'm really kind of making it up as I go, which is no different. It's yeah. funny though, as you say, because I had not made that uh, pilot's license teaching license connection before, right? So yeah. you think about Orville Wright, and here is this pioneer in avi aviation. Yeah. Well, there was no such thing as a yeah. pilot's license, yeah. and so he was just yeah. doing his thing, yeah. right? And, and so that's kind of, I guess, the way I initially thought of this, right? Like maybe, maybe sometimes we need permission to, to play or permission yeah. to interesting. be yeah. curious to fly, to, to take off, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Oh, interesting. But now that you say that, thinking about licensure and for teachers, I'm, I, oh, this has my brain going yeah. in an interesting direction here, too. And I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah, sorry. Maybe I took it a totally different wrong way. No, I no, just, no. Yeah. I think that's I right. couldn't. I couldn't. I guess maybe the connection I'm making is around is similar to innovation yeah, yeah. and creativity. Yep. Um, is is the giant hairball, whatever it is, whether yeah. maybe let's not talk about licensing, maybe that's the, um, but is the giant hairball stifling creativity yeah. and imagination yeah. in in yeah. teachers and and do, do our might our own children students. I pay a price for that. Sorry, or, Abby, help me out, Abby. No, <laughs> I think I think. Licensure, maybe, but also just the way things have always been done. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Right? Like, that's the Orville Wright thing, too. Yeah. Right. Challenging the status quo. Challenge, like, we don't have to do it this way if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. If, if another way is possible, yeah. Yeah. a better way, dare yeah. to imagine and do that better way. I guess that's my wonder, yeah. then. Like, yeah. what, what does it take? What, how do we create the conditions where it's okay for teachers to take... To take risks, dare I say it that right. way? To to risk small that might have big payoffs. Right. But can I ask a question? So I'm just kind of. Um, I really like the language of risk taking. Mm -hmm. But I, but I wonder if teachers really feel like they can take risks mm -hmm. um, in a classroom. I like the language of. Um, making mistakes is essential to learning and modeling mm -hmm. making mistakes 
But I sometimes wonder, and maybe this goes back to, again, not licensure, but standards and the pressure teachers feel yeah, yeah. on standardized tests, that they're, mm -hmm. being, they're, that they're, they're being judged on a very, at times, very narrow body mm -hmm. of work, one way of assessing Absolutely. students. Mm -hmm. right? It's one way of assessing students when, when, when we know that we should be assessing students in multiple uh, ways. Right. And so I wonder if, if teachers really feel, as much as we can talk about being creative and innovative, um, if the audio and the video isn't matching in our school mm -hmm. systems right now, right? Yes, do all that, but, but yeah. right? And you go to, a go to a lot of school websites, right? Where they talk about ACT scores, college entrance, where mm -hmm. they talk about all these, mm -hmm. be innovative, but, We've got to still hit this mark. We've still got to hit that mark. And it's like, yeah. yeah, so you can say making mistakes is essential, yet it doesn't feel as a teacher that I, I have, there's a lot yeah. of grace to, to make those mistakes. Yeah, and I think then it has to be kind of a both and, right? Because, yeah. and I think that's really what, what Mackenzie's getting at in this book too, right? Like you, you, yes, you need the center of gravity of the, the standards, yeah. of the, yeah. you know, here's how we're going to do things, right? Yeah. And so that there's that sense of, that's that's the pole, right? Because yeah. otherwise, you got all these people just going off and doing their own right. things, and and there is no organization yeah. to it then, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's just winging off on their own. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that I think is maybe where I'm going with this now, as I'm thinking this out loud with you guys. Um, yeah, permission to to try things, permission to experiment, permission to explore, permission to try yeah. things in your pedagogy that you maybe didn't do before. Yeah. Um, Permission to collaborate with colleagues in ways mm -hmm. that are going to spark something new. Yeah. Uh, permission to collaborate with your students, yeah. you know, yeah. to, to invite them into the, yeah. the process of, of yeah. dare I say, planning instruction even, right? right? Like, what do you want to learn yeah. and how are you going to learn it? Mm -hmm. Those are all things that, as a teacher, I remember feeling, I can't do that. Yeah. yeah. That's not, or you're, you feel like you're giving up mm -hmm. something. Right, but as I've grown in my career as well, realized that the gain is much more. Yeah. Than, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. About that? You say you didn't feel like you could do that. Was that something like internal or something external to? I think it was internal, but it was also just a model of what I had seen, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because it's so hard to change until we've been shown a different way to mm -hmm. be as an educator. Sometimes it's just hard for us to imagine mm -hmm. alternatives to it. And now that I look back at some of my practices that were very common, they don't make any sense sure. educationally. Yeah. Like there was no gain to that. Right. But we're doing but I things did it that were done because, to us. Right. Yeah. It'd be interesting if any listeners out there, if you feel you're in a place where you are free to make mistakes, to take risks, yeah. to be innovative, send us an email. I know it's another thing on your to-do list. I, I would really be interested to hear, yeah. like Dave, you're, your language of to create the conditions. Mm -hmm. Right. I'd be curious to hear from any of our listeners what conditions exist at your school mm -hmm. that allow you to be truly free to be innovative and creative yeah. in your practice and, and student student learning. Like I, I we yeah, I'd be really curious. Just for you, for Dave and Abby, what what would you speculate? Some of some our things. some of our listeners mm -hmm. might say. That would allow them to build that plane, so to speak, without a right. license. Right. That allow them to take those risks. What, yeah, what, what, what might they say? So I'll, I'll answer that question based on my experience okay. as a middle school teacher way back in the day. I had an administrator who had a lot of trust in me, 
And, and that came through very clearly because any time that I came to it, I had some kind of crazy idea. Hey, I saw this piece of equipment in a catalog. You got 150 bucks yeah. that I could mm -hmm. get this this thing. Here's how I'm going to yeah. use it. Here's what I want to yeah. do with the students. And so pretty soon we're building rockets because we've got our water bottle rocket launchers. And we had to buy a nice pump and a launcher and all that. And that playfulness in my teaching methods, and, and it wasn't like I had clear content. I had standards that I had to meet. But how we actually get mm -hmm. there. And he had that level of trust in me that I felt comfortable just saying, here's what I'm thinking about. And he was a good thought partner for me. He also had been a middle school science mm -hmm. teacher before. And so mm -hmm. that helped maybe, right? I had somebody yeah. who I could bounce ideas off of that way. Mm -hmm. um, similarly, I guess, when I was the tech director at the last school I served before starting teaching here, um, I had a couple of colleagues who I knew could be like good guinea pigs. They'd be willing to, to try stuff. And so I'd say, hey, here's what I'm thinking about. Would you want to try this? Would you want to try this? And so I think having a thought partner hmm. is, is probably yeah. a really mm -hmm. I was going to say it. collaboration with colleagues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And good collaboration. Have you had that meaningful. experience too? Totally. Yeah. yeah. So at the Can last you talk high about school, good, yeah, meaningful collaboration? Right. So at the last high school I was at, we instituted, it was, it was a program called AIW, but it was really a personal learning community, right? right? We split right. the teachers into pods and they were interdisciplinary and there was clear protocols, there were clear goals for every session and every teacher whose turn it was that week would bring something to the group. Mm -hmm. This is a piece of student work, this is a task that I'm, help me make it better. Yeah. And then they'd get voices from around the table in a, you know, yeah. orderly way that mm -hmm. we had of doing it for ideas of making pieces better and that, that like, vulnerability as well as the collegiality yeah. of those groups not always and not in every group right you have there's all kinds of factors at play yeah. um but for me it was such an important realization that the people that i am working with every day are such vast sources of knowledge right, no, right. for me and not because we know things differently the science teacher thinks about things much differently than the english teacher and <laughs> myself does right no. and he has valuable things that he can contribute to my practice mm -hmm. in ways that I had never thought of because that's not how my brain works. Sure. And so just that, those voices. So as you're saying that, so this is that sense of orbiting the giant hairball right. too, right? Like you've got yeah. the center of gravity here that we're yeah. swinging around, but we're better off together because mm -hmm. we can share these ideas. We, we don't go winging off on our own, right. right? We're being pulled back towards this center of mass and this is what we're trying to be about here, but we're not going to get tangled up in it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that idea of professional learning communities to me, I, I think part of it is the idea of taking risks together, right? Yeah. That yeah. I don't like, because there is, there's a, yeah, we are risk averse, I think, <laughs> in life. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I'm painting with a wide rush here, teachers tend to be risk averse yeah. for yes. all kinds yeah. of reasons. And yes. and some of them good good reasons. So that, I don't even mean that as a criticism. No. But I do yeah. think, I, I know even just for, if I speak for myself, if I know I'm taking a risk together, we're going to try something new together. We're going to step out together. Um, you know that if it doesn't go well, we're going to we're going to bear that together. And if uh -huh. it succeeds, sure. we're going to we're going to celebrate uh -huh. together. And and that's why I really like this idea of a, of a unified professional learning community right. where where we're researching together, we're implementing together, we're reflecting together. How, why did this work for you? Why didn't this work for me? And um, so yeah, just that. I, I feel like that 
that is essential actually to um because right. if you got to go at and it also, alone that's a big responsibility yeah. and, and also recreating that for students in your classrooms yeah. like Oh, yeah. creating a personal learning community for them in their rooms. That, that they right? can experience a level yes. of that. Like, yeah, as much as we need to talk about taking risks, we want our students to yep. risk in small and ways. So, yeah. so how can yeah. we build those conditions for mm -hmm. teachers, yeah. but also for mm -hmm. the students in our in our rooms? We, um, One of our colleagues and I kind of parallel teach sections of an elementary and an adolescent high school class. and. One of the things we did this year is we had our senior education students this fall do an inquiry project in their practicums. Yeah. So they had to ask a question, they had to research that question. They were seeing a problem or seeing an issue with either, or they were curious about something in their own pedagogy, right? Mm -hmm. Or they had they were finding ways to help a certain student um, ask a question, implement something, collect data on it, and draw some conclusions. Yeah. And for the first time this year, which felt like a risk to us because we didn't know how it would go, we had our students do kind of an inquiry fair where they presented their results to the rest of their classmates well, and the other class. Mm -hmm. And the feedback that we got from students, I was nervous about it because it was hard logistically, oh, yeah. it was more work for them, right? It was public, so mm -hmm. there was an element of risk. Right, right. That fear of um, failure. That fear of failure. But the overwhelming like reaction from students was that was so great yeah right like i learned so much from because then they had to we split it in half and during the half they weren't presenting their little posters they had to walk around and talk to each other yeah. about learning each other's from their colleagues learning from their colleagues and so they were like i learned so much it was so interesting to hear about this yeah. person and to see connections to their practice yeah. and what they did yeah. in that classroom mm -hmm. and they were very energized by it and yeah. so that was a good that. lesson for me hmm. in that risks like that to authenticate that or to enable that authentic learning for them from mm -hmm. each other yeah. were very well worth it. So what I'm hearing you say then is they're not going to crash and burn. They don't need a pilot's license, but the support of the yeah. community is what's yeah. going to be yeah. the wind under those wings. That's a little bit. That's a good right? analogy. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it does make me wonder even though like for, for school leaders out there who might be listening is how, how might you leverage the time? Because, okay, where do we do that? Like, here's another thing, right? So where do we build mm -hmm. in common planning time? Yes, Can we, yes. you know, I know a couple of local schools that have early release on Fridays or late start on Thursdays. Or or if that's not possible, I, I even just wonder is how, how do we reimagine monthly or weekly staff meetings, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, we have a group of common, there's a, there's a common gathering time in most, yeah, schools, you know, in terms of, hey, like, we got to have our monthly staff meeting. Can, can we reimagine what that looks like? Can, yeah. If you're a principal out there, can you look at your, your agenda and how much of that is information? What if you could give out, you know, 30, 45 minutes and find one or two staff members a month to share a practice, to share, you know, to do it together yeah. even. Yeah. Like, hey, this grade one to three teachers or the grade two team, you know, this is going to be your month to share one practice that worked and why did it work and, and how might you adapt it. And I just think there's so much knowledge. Like I was, I was just blown away when I became an elementary school principal, just the richness of knowledge and protocols and um, yeah, just practices among the staff. I was like, this is the most one of the most competent, you know, faculty that I worked with. I was just like, and to hear what they were, you know, to have the privilege of going to their classrooms and watching that at times, like, 
how do we share this with each other? And so if you can't find the time, I, I wonder, I guess the challenge I would say is and maybe the time is there. We just reimagine. Reimagine. Yes. Reimagine what, what staff meetings could look like. Maybe instead of staff meetings, we see those as our weekly or monthly pro D times. Friends, we know that your time is valuable. and We want to thank you for joining us in the hallway today for another conversation. And whether it's this day, this week, this month, we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of. And just as you go into this week, we just want to send you with this blessing. So may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rain fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a good day. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual hallway conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening.